100% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 109. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Matthew Hoffman, head women's volleyball coach at San Francisco State University, to talk about the process of creating team culture. For over a decade, Coach Hoffman's career has been blessed with established programs and winning cultures. So when he was hired four years ago to change the culture and bring a different mindset to the program at San Francisco State University, he did just that, yet again. Creating a culture of accountability, creativity, and adopting the mindset of next play has resulted in two playoff appearances, multiple single-season hitting percentage records, and breaking the 2018 team blocks per set record. Winning and competing is the fabric of Coach Hoffman, but coaching the heart of the athlete is what's most important to him. You're interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals? The Mass Suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The Mass Suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile, and it's great for plyometric and high-intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the Mass Suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products, and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm doing good, Grant. Thanks for having me. You bet. I'm really excited uh, not only to have you on my show, I know we've been talking about this for a while, but I just want to get inside your mind and talk about uh, building culture and and what you're doing here at San Francisco State to build culture and the cool things that you're doing, which is probably this program hasn't seen from a coach in a while. So I'm really excited to have you on my show and, and pick your brain on a few things. Sounds good. All right. So before we get into that, though, I want to talk about mental toughness, uh, which I train athletes and coaches all the time about this on this topic. But when you think about the word mental toughness or being mentally tough, what does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to mind is being able to, or defining it maybe, is to be able to perform a task or your job at any moment in a game. Um, whether the score is zero zero or the score is tied or you just made a mistake or your team just made a mistake or uh, it's out of a timeout, whatever it is, it's just being able to distract yourself from everything else that happened or is happening or is going on and just being able to perform your job at the highest level. You know, what I love about it is like, you know, we think about words like, you know, love and joy and grit, mental, mental toughness. We all know what it means. And I've, you know, I have over a hundred episodes and I ask that same question all the time and there's always a different answer. So it's awesome. It's awesome. So, you know, when you reflect on not only as being an athlete, but also coaching for the last 15 years, can you share a specific time, maybe when you're coaching, like where a team had to be mentally tough, where they showed up in the moment or when there was an athlete, a particular athlete that you coach that had to be mentally tough? Uh, I can't think of an example of an athlete in that moment, but I think um, it's pretty common when something happens to a team and they have to handle it, and a lot of times it ha- comes with injuries. 
um, you know, we had a situation this year where in a match someone got injured and someone had to play kind of out of position all of a sudden. And the team had to kind of rally around that and be tough and um, push through that adversity because it was different and everyone had to elevate their game just a little bit uh, in that moment. And so um, at the beginning, you could tell there was definitely some shakiness going on when we started, um, when we had to put in that new player in. And um, she got a little bit more comfortable, they got a little bit more comfortable, and they kind of battled through it together. And so that was pretty cool to see. That's beautiful. Nothing like to see, you know, a team battle, yeah. you know, and, and, and come out on the other side, on the positive side, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's look, let's look at your, your coaching experience. Um, when you think about the last 15 years of coaching, it's been 15 years, correct-ish? Uh, probably, yeah. probably more. Yeah, when you put a number on it, it's kind of like, well, it's been 15 years, but uh, right. yeah, it sounds about right. Okay, so how would you describe, like, when you look back at the last 15 years, how would you describe your mindset, and and has it changed over the years? Um, yeah, I mean, it's changed in terms of like what my goals are, um, in terms of uh, the direction I wanted to go. I think that's a big change in that I. I really wanted to be at the highest level possible at one point, and then it became more about wanting my own team. Um, level didn't really matter, and also just family dynamics. I wanted to get closer to home, so that part um, came into play. But I think through those 15 years, I think I always tried to learn as best I could, like learn from the people I was working under. The co head coaches I worked for were way better than I am right now, and they... Uh, <laughs> You know, I basically could just watch them and soak stuff in. And so I tried to be a sponge as much as possible when I was going coming up in the coaching world. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was always trying to learn something all the time. And so that kind of hasn't really changed. It's just more now. Uh, I still try and learn from both those same people. And I try to learn a lot more from people around me now, um, other coaches, other sports. And so yeah, that kind of still stuck with me. Just I'm always still trying to learn and get better. Right. That's awesome. And I see that, you know, obviously being part of the program, seeing you constantly learning, constantly trying new things. I know you for the last year or so we've talked, and I've obviously done my homework on you as well. Um, I know that majority of your career, you, you've either worked or coached championship, you know, championship programs or established programs. But when you came here to San Francisco State, you had to rebuild, which was the first time you had to pretty much rebuild anything when it comes to coaching. So what was, the, what was the first thing that you had to address when it comes to, when it came to building culture? I, I think there wasn't one thing. I think there was two parts to that. Um, you're right. I, every program, even though back to the high school teams I was coaching, there was always something, there was some foundation already there. And then obviously moving on to Stanford, there's obviously a great foundation already there. I, right. I didn't do anything there. I just jumped <laughs> onto the ride. Um, and then same thing with Wichita State. They had a, you know, 15 years of time that they had built that thing. And so this is my first test a little bit as to starting something, you know, creating something a little bit. And um, the first thing we obviously had to do was obviously had to address, we had to get better. Um, whether that was we trained differently, whether we recruited differently, we had to improve the product we had on the court. I really tackled concurrently, but at the same time first was um, the the culture and our, our team. I wanted us to be on the same page in the how we how we responded to things, how we acted, how we behaved, you know, and that kind of carried off the court to, you know, what kinds of people we wanted to recruit and have in the program. 
And so those are the two things that we really focused on. But I think the the culture side of it was something that it showed its effects earlier on than the players. And then that was easier to add players to a good culture than it was to create a culture with, with good players. Got it. Got it. Now, you know, when we're building culture, there's always, you know, we hear like, you know, the pillars or the core values or the principles that make up a culture. What, what are some of your, your pillars or core values or principles of, of this culture? Response is, is one of our biggest things. How we respond to situations, how we respond to teammates, how we respond to success, how we respond to failure has been a big part of helping us move forward because everything we've been talking about since I got here was always, you know, looking ahead looking at the next season, being better the next year, being better the next day. Mm. And so to do that, you couldn't kind of look backwards. Um, you couldn't look back at the previous year or you couldn't look back at the previous game. Or you couldn't look back at the previous play. You had to kind of move on from that, learn, and um, focus on the next thing, which took a lot of time with the girls. It took some people, you know, handle it better than others. But once we got everyone on that same page, Everyone was kind of going the right direction. And I always said that, you know, at the beginning, my, my job was just to get the ship pointed in the right direction right. and then hit the gas pedal a little bit more. And once it was pointed in the right direction, it was a lot easier to go forward to train the girls and also to add players because we knew what was going to fit into the program and what, what type of player wasn't going to fit into the program. And I, I love it what you were saying earlier. It the, the way I heard it was, the way you do anything is is the way you do everything, and how you respond. Um, and in the midst of building this culture here, at first, because you know obviously you inherited a program, you inherited athletes. Did you lose athletes? Did were there athletes that weren't bought in to where you wanted to steer the ship? I don't want to speak for them, but there were there were casualties that came up. Right. From now, it could have been because of the way we were doing that and it was different and something that people weren't comfortable with or it was just outside circumstances. I can't, I can't say it was solely because we changed the culture that some people couldn't handle it. Right. But the ones that stayed definitely bought in and that was a big part of it is we had to get everyone on the same page and it was hard because some people didn't handle responding to situations very well. They didn't respond to saying something like, I didn't do that very well, I'll get the next one. And because it's hard to admit that it's hard to, yeah. you know, have to tell your teammates, you know, instead of just doing the standard, my bad, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you have to say something to your team about what's going to happen next. And yeah. that was a big word we talked about. And we still talk about is, is next, the next play. I got the next one, um, whatever it is. And it's actually telling your teammates that and them trusting and knowing that you're going to then do that. And then, but it was hard for people to break through that, that feeling of having to say those things. Yeah. And well, and I, what I love about it, is, and for me at least, when I think about culture, it, it is about language and it's about actions as well. And I've seen, you know, obviously, you know, working with you and your program, I've been on the sideline where I've literally have seen you say, so what next play? So what next play? Next, next. And I, I love that because it gets us moving to the next and not getting stuck in something that we just can't control anymore. That just happened. We have no control. So I love that. So this is a two-part question okay. about building culture. So what do you en enjoy the most about building culture, and what is the hardest component of building culture? The part that I really enjoy is creating an, 
it somehow has morphed the team into a really close family. And, um, you know, for example, in our office, but first couple of years, girls never came up to the office just to sit, hang out, and chat. Um, now girls are coming by a lot more often. And I think that's a really cool thing because then we're, we're, we're all closer. They're closer. They're closer to us. And so it isn't like a team where it's like coaches are here, players are there. It's all kind of one thing, and we're all like a family, which is kind of cool, and that wasn't really the – the goal of it, I want. We just want to get better at volleyball. Yeah, I want right. to win more games. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and this has kind of become a byproduct. And now a lot of the girls have identified this as like a family, and they've said it. And so that's kind of the coolest part is we get to know them. Now that we're at that level, we kind of get to know a lot more about them and their their families and their lives. Right. And so that's pretty fun. And the hardest part is making sure that the whoever we bring in is going to fit within that. Um, they always say, like, one rotten apple spoils the bunch. Right. And, you know, you hope you don't have that. You know, bring in someone that's going to ruin that thing that you work to build. So we spend a lot of time on our recruiting and figuring out the person we're going to recruit, not the player. And so I always say the, the player is what we're going to recruit and the person is what we're going to try to commit. Hmm. And so there have been number of times where the player's been right but that person's not going to fit and we've been doing a pretty good job of getting the right people in so which has been why we've been able to sustain it yeah and you know what's really cool is that you know obviously i'm gonna leave the name out but you know talking to one of the, the players on the team and who actually transferred from another team here mm-hmm. and and i'm only saying this because it's reinforcing how consistent you are with this culture and she i mean she was sharing her story with me about how when I came here, I never even thought about coming to San Francisco State. Never really, really heard of it. But when Coach, you, it was more she, she felt that the current team didn't care about her or the game itself, and that you gave her both that. Not only did you you cared about playing volleyball at a high level, had standards and best practices, and you cared about you know having everybody achieve goals. But she was like, when I came here, they they cared about me. And that's, to me, when you're talking about transformational coaching, to me, that sounds like you're coaching the heart of the athlete along with the mindset, the mind of the athlete. So it's pretty cool to hear that story and then and then hear you talk about it on the back end or on the front end, however you look at it. So there's a lot of, there's, there's consistency there. Right. We spend, um, one of the things that I tell every recruit that comes here is if you're chasing a scholarship or if, if, if something outweighs your decision there's always these reasons why people commit places there's x number of factors and if one of them is so important that you forget the other ones it probably won't be a good fit here and so if you're chasing a scholarship if you really just want to be close to the ocean if you you know if one of those things is so important that you're discounting some of the other ones then it's going to be tough here and one of the parts that i really make sure that every recruit gets when they get here is they spend time with some of our players and spend time with the players by themselves, whether it be a lunch or walking around campus and parents, whoever's with them gets to go. And me and Nikki just, we go back to the office and we'll say, we'll see you in an hour or right. hour long. And so that's when they get the true sense of what this place is like, where they're going to get honest answers. And then basically that's kind of turned into a little cycle where those that have sat in on those recruiting visits and 
got that experience, now they're the one doing it, and they're the one returning that that idea, and they understand that it's it's being honest and it's um, being upfront about how we do things here. And you know, if you like it, great. If you don't, then well, best of luck to you. Right, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and I, I I know the the answer to this question, but I want my listeners to to hear it from you. So and it's about mental skills training. So how much of mental skills training, how much of, is it a part of your approach? A lot more than it was a while ago. I thought it was like hocus pocus. Right. You know, like, uh, yeah, that suck it up, be tougher, you're fine. You right, know? But right. But the approach and just like any, it's a skill. And I think that's something that I've learned is that it's become a lot more of time that we've spent thinking about and talking about and doing than it ever has been in the past. Um, so, I mean, I'd love to keep, I'd love to do more of it. I mean, we've actually t- taken the volleyball back in terms of the amount of time we've done because of other things that have come up that are just more important, such as um, mental training and stuff. And so we spend, you know, you know, once every couple weeks with you, and then we also addressed it before every single practice. And... I used to be very rigid with my practice starts at 12, right. practice starts at 12. Yep. Get your stuff done, and we're starting at 12, whether you're here or not. And now it's kind of become, I see the value of this part of the training, um, which then leads into the mental toughness, which then leads into performance. Right. Um, and so I've allowed it for it to happen much longer, and it kind of gets into the volleyball side of thing, and I'm okay with that now, whereas before I... <laughs> I think I would have just said, oh, we're done with that. Let's move. We got to go touch some balls. Right, right. Well, and, and share a little bit about that process, uh, which I thought it was great when I came here. And I was saying, I was like, coach, here's my program. This is what I do. And you're like, wow, I'm already doing that. Like you you set intentions before for practice. You set that word, right, for the for the day. And there, I believe you do three other words too. I think there's there's some other things you do, but you know, share with like my listeners, like what, what does that look like as far as starting practice with the team and incorporating mental skills? So my previous assistant coach, um, Iris, she had come from a previous school and they had done this where they were, would visualize, you know, their self-performing and they would work on their breathing. Um, and that happened before every practice and you kind of got walked through it and, Nikki was actually came from the exact same school and so she kind of knew exactly what it was that we were already doing here because she did it as a player and then um, she added she brought in what the next step that they did which was along with breathing and visualizing yep. is um, starting to write stuff on the whiteboard before practice we would write down we write down two intention words and which is what your what's your focus what are you trying to work on and and then what's your action word you know, someone's it's fun, passionate, energy, whatever it is. Yeah. And then we go back after practice and they grade how mindful they were of it and how well they executed it. Um, and that's kind of really got them thinking about their own game and their own, what they look like out there in the gym, um, what kind of um, energy they bring or, and then they have to grade themselves on it. So, and it's written on the whiteboard. So everyone is held accountable to their teammates. Love it. And no one ever calls you one out, but the fact that you have to then go right up on that board and say I was only a two out of five on this, um, kind of someone's going to see it, and it kind of just makes them hold a little bit more accountable to it. Yeah. So, and then we've kind of taken that into 
visualizing those specific things when you're visualizing instead of just visualizing yourself playing visualize yourself doing those actual intentional words yeah and um so yeah it's definitely it, it's i've been lucky to have people that understood it and had done it before and i kind of let them both run with it um so both of them have always kind of ran that portion of the practice and i've just kind of stand back and observe mm -hmm. and i know the value of it i just know that i let the people who get it and have done it better <laughs> i let them do it there you go well, and you've heard me say this a lot that with this with this type of work, it's so easy to do and it's so easy not to do. And if you don't hold anybody accountable, that's where the easy not to do comes into play. And the fact that they have you're holding them accountable to write their grade or their score or their ranking is huge, and it allows them to kind of like reflect on it. And that's how we get better. And you know this; you've been working with me. It's all about reflection. So I, I love it that you have that that not only in place as a best practice, but it's becoming a fabric of your culture. And, and when you think about culture, this is like one of my favorite questions when it comes to culture, because I've had so many coaches on my show, and they talk about all the different things they do within their culture. And I, so I always ask this question about like, so if you were to deem your culture, if you're going to name your culture, what would that be? And I'll give you a few of them that have been really cool. There's been the earn it culture, uh, do your best every day culture, uh, effort culture, feel it culture. That's a good one. Uh, so how would you, uh, what, what would you name this culture? That's a good question. Um, something either to do with worrying about the next play. I'm real big on responses as we've talked, as we've talked about. And um, so it'd either be like, so what, now what? Yeah. Or it would be next dot dot dot. Okay. Um, you know, that's kind of what everything, not looking back at what just happened, get over what just happened, move on to the next play. And so, and they've kind of bought into that and you can kind of hear them say it a little bit in practice. Like I got the next one and they'll say it on their own. And so I'd say be along one of those two lines if I had to name it. I don't have a name brand yet. Yeah. Uh, something along those lines. I love it. Well, and I think too, it's, I mean, whether if you call it, um, I mean, I, I, the, the whole word next, I love, I mean, it just, it pulls you in the right direction, makes you think about what you need to get, you know, dialed into, but the response culture, I mean, not only do you want them to respond on the court, but how are we responding to each other as teammates and sisters, right? And so, um, and that, to do that, you got to be present. You know, you got to be where your feet are. So that's awesome. Now, knowing, you know, watching you, I know that you love coaching. Like you're like, you're built for this. So what, share with my listeners, like what fuels your motivation to coach? Um, I, everything I've ever done in, in some sort of a work has been along sports and coaching and teaching. You go back to when I was teaching swim lessons and lifeguarding when I was in high school to mm. refereeing youth basketball leagues uh, all the way up to being a teacher and then coaching. So it kind of, I've never had a job. I've never been a waiter. I've never worked in retail. I've always, it's always been through sports. And so I think the teaching part of it is really fun. I think that's the part that I really, really enjoy about, you know, watching someone get better at something or having an idea and implementing it and watching it work. That's really fun. Um, and I'm very competitive. I'm, I'm on the on the exterior, I'm much less competitive than I used to be in terms of my 
behaviors. I used to be much more competitive as a person and on the sidelines. But internally, I'm very competitive. I want to beat every single coach I ever go up against. I want to beat every single team I go up against. So the root of this is I want to win. Yeah. You know, so at the, at the end, you know, we can talk about process and culture. And if we have process and culture and all that stuff, and we lose, that's going to really suck. Right. So we, we want to win games. And so everything, you know, the culture, the steps, the process, uh, the training, the learning, all that's geared towards, let's, we want to go win games. We want to be as successful as we can possibly be. And that's kind of the root of it all. Um, learning and we want to win. I love it. I'm asking you a couple more questions before we close up here. And I, 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 every time I have a coach on here, I always ask this question. It's so funny to hear them, to give me their answer and also ponder on the question. Um, so it, obviously you've done great things here. You've done great things at other programs or within other programs. You've coached over 15 years. What do you think makes you a special coach? I think being very detailed oriented as I am mm -hmm. um, and the ability to not leave a stone unturned like which comes to like I want to look into every possible reason why we were good at something or why we were not good at something put, we'll go back and watch the entire season three times just to find what we did well what we didn't do well um, so I think some of that comes to my work ethic mm. I, I think I always want to outwork my opponent so any coach I'm going to go up against, I want to say I, I worked more hours. I was in the office earlier than that coach. I spent more time watching film than that coach. Um, and, you know, then take that and everything I've learned from people I've talked to, I can take all the video I watch or all the time I spend reading and direct it into a, you know, the way we want our team to be. I don't know if that answers. Yeah. But, but I want to outwork somebody. I want to. I want to grind more than anybody else, and hopefully we get to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Saying I'm looking for. <laughs> um, so yeah. Awesome, awesome. So another deep question here, and then we'll close out here. When you reflect on your whole career, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Early in my coaching, I remember I was at Stanford, and John Dunning talked about listening, and. You know, everyone has an opinion. Everyone's talking. Everyone's got an idea. Yeah. And, you know, he asked me one time, he said, are you the type of person that, I can't remember how he phrased it, are you the type of person when you're in a conversation, are you listening to the answer or are you waiting for that person to be done so you can give your next opinion? And I was totally that person. I had an idea in my head. You were talking, and yep. I don't even know what you're saying. I'm waiting for you to <laughs> pause so I can get my word in and I can say what right. I think. And, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but I definitely think that I learned to be a better listener to, you know, other people that I talk to about ideas in the game, you know, my assistant coaches, um, you when you come in and help the team, yeah. uh, the players, when they, have, when they say, hey, how about this, or what about this or why don't we do this or I don't like this you know it's important to listen and not dis discredit any of that or anything that anyone says and so I think I've done a better job of listening to everything to people and you know understand that my idea might not be the best idea I might have an idea that we find that it's wrong 
Right. But I'd be willing to listen to someone else's idea and say, maybe this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And so I think listening is one thing that I've, I think I've gotten better at. Yeah. It's, it's a huge skill. Like when you're a good listener, you know, we talk about this a lot in the program, being present, playing present, coaching present. You, I mean, if you really want to listen to someone, you have to be present. Like you really do. And there's also a saying that um, I heard years ago when I was uh, in my young professional life in corporate America. And I heard it again not too long ago. And it's be more interested than interesting. So being more interested, you're dialed into the listening, you're dialed into the energy to, to that person, and you're not worrying about, you know, what you have to say, how is it going to come out, you know, whatever. So that's, to me, it's kind of, that's what, what I hear what you're saying is that you've learned how to be more interested by the listening piece of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that one part of that that I had to, you know, it, I had to really compartmentalize my life like if I wanted to be here and working on volleyball I couldn't let anything else outside distract me right you know and um you know I have an amazing wife who allows me to do this and she hates it that I say allows but she allows me to do this <laughs> um but there's times when I'm in the middle of playing practice and I get a call from her and I'm not listening to that you know I'm not I'm right I'm interested in what I'm doing right you know? and so and then there's times where it doesn't go as well the other way because sometimes work comes home with you and I wish it didn't as much. But um, there's definitely times where I want to block out work and I don't want to plan a practice. I don't want to talk to a recruit because I'm at home with my kids. Right. Um, it bleeds more into that life than it does the other way around. Um, but yeah, I try to, wherever I am is what I'm trying to work on, not try to let things distract me. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, Coach, uh, as always, Love having you on the show. Um, thank you for sharing your mindset, your journey. I know my, my listeners are going to enjoy this. Um, and I I just, selfishly, I love it because culture to me is one of my favorite topics. And um, it's one thing to, to hear about how people go about it, but I have, I've experienced it. I sat on the sidelines. I've been in the, the middle of this and seeing what you're doing, what your staff doing, how the program is bought into it. To me, it's it's, it's beautiful. And there's a lot of joy that I see. So, so again, you're doing awesome work. Thank you for uh, for having me a part of this, but being on my show and sharing your energy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully, we can do it again sometime. All right. <laughs>